Good afternoon, everybody on Educated Economist Air. So, there's some issues that are now taking place within the banking industry, some major issues. And these are like warning signs that we haven't seen since like the great financial crisis or just as the pandemic started to kick in. And that's the activity at the discount window from the Federal Reserve. And this is kind of confusing to think about when, when you when you think about like where it is that banks get their funding from. Like how is it that they're able to operate the next day if they are in need of reserves or if they are in need of liquidity or basically the cash in order to operate the next day. And so banks, when they are sitting on reserves, a lot of times they're not sitting on cash, but they're sitting on treasuries or other bonds that are out there. And these these bonds, these um, the way they refer to them as securities, these securities, they have a price to them and an interest rate that pays out. So banks like to hold on to U.S. Treasuries instead of cash for they are almost as good as cash, like you can sell them off right away and get your cash out of it. But they also carry a yield, a, an interest rate, so they get a little bit of a return off of holding on to these treasuries. Now, here's the issue that begins to take place, and it's really complicated to try and wrap your head around. But during the great financial crisis, there was an issue that took place within the money market accounts. Now, the money market accounts is like the basis of all lending, like short-term business financing, all like these short-term loans kind of get a start at the money market accounts. And if the money markets freeze up, all loans after that begin to freeze up. So it's, it's critical that the money markets keep going. And now money markets are like the safest place for somebody to park cash because it's almost as good as cash, but it's still a little bit of a return. So the money markets are like a safe place or a safer place for people to park cash for businesses and municipalities and other places to get short-term financing because there is such a demand for a place to park cash that these money markets are really like critical. They're, they're like the place to be. So if those freeze up, then everything is, is going to start freezing up after that. That's what happened in the great financial crisis is the money market started freezing up. People were pulling their cash out and there just simply wasn't enough liquidity in the money markets to continue to operation. So they froze the money market accounts saying no more deposits, no more withdrawals. There's like these markets are freezing up. And then after that, all the rest of the financial markets were going to start freezing up. That's when the Federal Reserve says, okay, wait a minute, you guys need short-term funding, liquidity. We're going to open up our discount window and start providing cash for, for all the banks out there. And now again, that was an emergency event that took place. The money markets were freezing up and the Fed opened up that window and kept the financial markets moving. Now, it happened again during the pandemic. Now, there's a little bit of a difference that is now taking place because during the great financial crisis, the way the Federal Reserve established the Fed funds rate or what they refer to as the effective fund rate, what it ends up being, the interest rate that these big banks lend to each other on an overnight basis, that has changed quite a bit from the great financial crisis to today. And this is really complicated. This is like incredibly difficult to try and wrap your head around. So I'm gonna step it back a little bit and try and explain it as easily as possible. So big banks like the JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, these type, these are the primary dealers. These are the big banks. These are the ones that all like 
financing and everything kind of comes from, right? These guys loan money to other banks out there, other financial institutions. So these are the primary dealers. These are the ones who go to auction at the treasury, buy the treasuries, and the Federal Reserve eventually buys these treasuries from these big banks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the way the operation used to work, when the Federal Reserve wanted to establish the Fed funds rate, the effective funds rate, what they would do is they would have a target, the Fed funds rate. Like today, it's at four and four and a half, four and three quarters, whatever it is. So they established this rate. We're going to say 5%, right? So they put 5% on the wall and they say, hey, that's what we're shooting for. And then what ends up happening is, is that over at the big banks, the Federal Reserve will buy and sell treasuries off these big banks in order to create the amount of reserves that are within these banks so that some of them would be in need of reserves and some of them would have excess reserves. This was called a limited reserve basis. So the ones who had excess reserves would lend them to the ones who were in need of reserves and that overnight lending rate, whatever it ended up being, was the effective fund rate. The Federal Reserve needed to adjust that. They would buy or sell treasuries off those big banks until they were able to get the appropriate level to establish that effective fund rate, that overnight lending rate, to be what the Fed funds was. So I don't know if you got that, but basically the Federal Reserve would establish a level of treasuries or reserves within the big banks so that their overnight lending would land within the parameters of the Fed funds rate that they were shooting for. That's where all lending would then begin to take off from that interest rate. So if the big banks would lend to each other at that rate, any lending that they do after that would be at a higher interest rate. So this is how the Federal Reserve was able to adjust interest rates within the economy is by establishing the amount of reserves that were sitting on these big banks. That's all changed now. So they've gone into what they call a abundant reserve system and all these banks were loaded up during the great financial crisis and then again during the quantitative easing programs during the pandemic and so what that ended up doing is is it flooded the the big banks with these reserves and they didn't need to lend to each other on an overnight basis any longer so what ended up happening is they had these excess reserves these bigger banks and there was a couple of places they could park it pretty much with the federal reserve again there was accounts called the interest on excess reserves and the repo facility. And now the repo facility is also available to not only these big banks, but to like money market accounts and a few other institutions out there in order to swap out either cash for treasuries or treasuries for cash. And that's what the repo facility was essentially for. And we saw the repo facility really step up into the game back in September of 2019. 
what had happened back then is that there was a lot of government spending that was taking place. And now these big banks, the JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, the primary dealers, they were buying up these this U.S. debt as the government was spending. So they were loaded on treasuries. At the exact same time, there was a huge corporate tax payment that was made, which took a lot of the cash out of the big banks and sent it over to the Treasury. Now, it didn't really go to the Treasury. It went to an account at the Federal Reserve called the Treasury General Account, but it doesn't matter. It took, it away, it took the cash out of the big banks and moved it over to this account that was no longer had the cash within the big banks, right? So it took the cash out of the big banks with this tax payment. That left the banks in need of cash and the overnight interest rates that these big banks needed to have enough cash to operate the next day when they went to go borrow from each other, there was no cash available. And so the interest rates really started to climb. And that's when the Federal Reserve says, oh, hell no, we're not going to allow this to happen. We're going to step in with the repo facility. You guys give us treasuries. We'll give you cash. You'll have plenty of, plenty of money to operate the next day. And we'll just do this on an overnight basis for however long we need to do it. So... That's how the Federal Reserve has pretty much been operating ever since, is that they established the Fed funds rate, which used to be the overnight lending rate that these big banks would lend to each other on. And they've moved that over to the facility over at the Federal Reserve, the repo facility and the uh, interest on excess reserves. And so now it has this channel that they can establish the Fed funds rate into. Now. When it comes to the discount window, this is a little different because there are banks out there who don't necessarily have access to that repo facility because what they are using to try and get that cash is not available for those facilities. Now, I'm not necessarily sure about the repo facility, but definitely some of the other lending facilities that the Federal Reserve has established, like the Federal Home Loan, um, what's it called? FHLB, something like that. Federal Home Loan Bureau. Anyway, I'll leave a link down in the description for you guys to do this stuff. Those guys, they need a particular quality of asset on there. And what they have is something called AFS. And this is, I've heard of this before, but I never really understood why it would apply until now. It totally makes sense. And now this is the, um, uh, basically available for sale is what I believe AFS is standing for. And now when you think about like having a bond portfolio, when the interest rates go up, the bond portfolio price begins to shrink. And now if you have a bond portfolio that is shrinking, you may end up to a spot in which that selling that bond portfolio will make, will provide a loss, right? It will be a loss to do that because the prices have come down. So if you understand the bond market, if you held on to those bonds to maturity, you would get your money back, your principal back, plus the interest payment. But if you were looking to liquidate, try to get out of that bond market, you would end up taking a loss because the bond prices are now falling and the interest rates are rising. And that's one of the problems that some of these banks are now experiencing is they want to use some of that for collateral, but because it's not available for sale anymore, they can't use it for collateral because the, the bond price has fallen. Does that kind of make sense? So some of these facilities that the Federal Reserve would typically have available for these banks are not available to them anymore. And now they're looking towards the discount window because that's the one place that they can actually go to to get the funding. 
And this is a sign of issues that are taking place within the banking industry. It shows that there is a liquidity, a tightening of liquidity that is not available. And now they are seeking out other places to find that liquidity and the discount window is one of them. So is it a sign that there is like major problems? No, nah, not necessarily, but it definitely is something to be alarmed about because like I said, the last time we had activity like this was right before the great financial crisis. And then again, prior to the pandemic. So is it an early warning sign? Very well could be. You guys let me know. Uneducated Economist. I'll leave links down in the description. Um, let's see, what else? I think that's it for now. All right, Uneducated Economist, you let me know.